Hello and welcome to a Sports Ethos Fantasy Baseball podcast called It's Gone. I'm your host, Britton Allen, and today I'm going to be talking about some spring training news. We're so close. It's like three weeks away to opening day. I'm so excited. But there are some things happening in spring training to discuss, some news we're also going to talk about with my guest, who I shall introduce in one second. We're going to talk about the great fantasy baseball invitational draft. I don't know where my guest is on his draft. I'm in like round 20. Hopefully he's done with his draft so I can steal some of his picks, some of his late picks that he's already drafted. Then I can swoop in and snipe them and pick them up. I'm not in his league, so it's it's all good. But our main topic today, I'm really excited about this because this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. The main topic is my most drafted players. And I've done a lot of drafts because I'm kind of addicted. I mean, I got a serious uh, NFBC problem. And and I mean, like I looked through all of them and I found five players that I consistently draft in every single, like going back to November. So I want to talk about those with my guest to get his take on that. And also I want to know what his most drafted players are too, so I can Again, steal them without his with with his knowledge, but he's he's cool with that, I'm sure. But before I get into all of that, I would like to introduce my very special guest. I have the pleasure, the honor, and the utmost respect for my guest today. He is the co-creator and co-host of my favorite fantasy baseball podcast, and I mean favorite. Numero uno, not top three, not top two. Number one, it's called the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's awesome. I love it. And it's not just awesome because my guest is on it, but he has three co-hosts who are insanely fun and talented, including one man whose name on his birth certificate, I checked, it reads Lil cheesecake l-i-l apostrophe cheesecake that's what we're dealing with here and there's another man who went to medical school at the university of bermuda for only one semester and yet they still gave him a license to practice medicine so they call him doc mendelson and last but not least another man whose name is marty party that's right i'm not kidding his last name is literally party p-a-r-t-y and as you can imagine from these set of characters uh triple play fantasy baseball podcast is a blast but it's not just fun they know their stuff it is a perfect blend of fun and information but there's more this is a man who makes ace rostein from the movie Casino, look like a chump when it comes to sports wagering. And I would tell you my guess win-loss record on his NFL prop bets uh, last year, last season. But I'm not going to because, frankly, you would call me a liar. You wouldn't believe it. It was so good. It's unthinkable, unimaginable. Frankly, it was vulgar. That's how good it was. But the last thing I will say about my guest, and I'm going to be sincere and actually serious uh, for, for once, 
This is a great guy whose positivity is infectious and he and Triple Play will always be near and dear to my heart because they let me come on their show about a year ago as a guest listener and it was fun and it was my first ever podcast and I will always be grateful. And I know I'm like, whoa, Nelly. That is a long introduction, but I couldn't help myself because it's well-deserved. And my guest is none other than David Mendelssohn. What's up, D-Mendy? What do I even say to that, man? That, uh, was that too much? I, no, no, I, no, that wasn't I, too much. I'm, I'm speechless, man. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know how many shows I've done before. Uh, but I can tell you for a fact, it's probably the best introduction I've ever gotten. That well, is, I'm blown away. Um, you are the king of introductions. That's <laughs> one of the hallmarks of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball podcast is your introduction of the guest. Frankly, uh, you know, people look forward to it. I know I do because it's always interesting and fun and it's a great way to kick it off. So I thought finally. The man of the introduction gets a long-winded, very overly detailed introduction. So I thought, what better way to do that would, would be than to do it for you. But like I said, much deserved. And right. again, thank you for being on here. And um, please go follow D. Mendy if you're not already. You really should, if anything, just to get all the posts. And there are other projects uh, David's got going on, too. But like I said, you want to get that wagering. If you like money, you want to get on those those wagering picks, trail his picks because they are wildly successful. But uh, you can follow him on uh, uh, David. Give give us your Twitter Twitter handle, please. Dmendy02. Dmendy02. Please go give him a follow, and of course, download and listen to the Triple Play Fantasy Podcast if you haven't already. I love it. It's awesome. I'm beating a dead horse, David. I'm really beating this. I'm really beating a dead horse. I should probably move on because you might have other things to do in your life than to hear me talk about. I do want to say one thing, though. I will say one of the best things about starting the podcast was getting a chance to meet you, not just oh, on man. the podcast, but in person, too. Uh, like your energy is infectious. You're always you've kind of like really blossomed in this community. Everybody knows who you are. You're very kind and you're one of the bright spots, one of the, the brightest spots in this fantasy baseball space. And like I told you, I, I can't tell you how much getting a chance to get to know you and just even, I mean, you do the, the YouTube stuff on our, uh, our, the YouTube podcast, the three is the magic number was this. I'm actually, like, I don't even talk to you. We do, we do talk. So like, uh, Britain, you're the man love you always, man. And, um, I'm really pumped to be here. I appreciate it. And I, I know, uh, I, I hope at least, I don't know. I hope you're going to let me keep doing those. Of I love, yeah. I, I love doing the YouTube videos. I mean, and I know that they get dozens of views. They're going <laughs> to, so, they're going to get so a lot I, more this year. I think yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, I love doing it. So as, as long as it's, it's good for you, it's good for me, but let's go ahead and dive in, um, to, one of the things that I love hearing other podcasts talk about, and you know, I don't, maybe I'm weird, but I like hearing about other people's drafts, and you know, I like hearing about what what other you know podcasters and experts say about. Not that I'm an expert, but you know what I mean. Like what other people drafting think, 
um, what their process was. I, I find all that really interesting. So I know that you are in the great uh, fantasy baseball invitational put on by our friend, Justin Mason, a great man, great, great uh, fantasy baseball uh, person, uh, personality. So where are you in your TGFBI draft? We finished. Uh, it would have been finished last night, but I went to sleep at like 1030 and my pick came at like 1050 Eastern. So I, I woke up, sir. I woke up <laughs> and picked and, uh, and then that was it. We were done. So, all right, let's, let's, let's get in the nitty, the gritty. Uh, wh where'd you draft? What slot in the first, in the, in the first, I round? had the number one pick. Number one pick. Okay. Don't tell me, don't tell me, just let me guess. Um, I think you drafted and I haven't looked at it, but I'm going to guess Ronald Acuna Jr. You are correct, sir. Yes. And uh, this is kind of fun. Um, I'm going to guess your second pick coming around was a pitcher, Spencer Strider. I wanted him, but he went a few picks before me. Ah, okay. Who'd you, who'd you, who'd you get on the 2-3 the turn? I got Sandy Alcantara at the 2 and then with the three turn, I got Nolan Arenado. I wanted to get a top tier third baseman before it dried up. So I got him there. The the Mendelssohn brothers are aligned <laughs> in many ways and misaligned in many ways. Uh, y'all love to make fun of each other and haze each other. But one thing y'all do have in common is the love of Sandy Al Alcantara. Or Alcantara. Yes. yes. There you go. So, all right. So, uh the, those are good picks. How overall, how's your feeling of the draft? Uh, you know, it's always win some, lose some, but what do you think overall? I'd give it like a B. Um, I, I was very happy mostly early on. Um, but once we got to like the middle rounds, I was getting sniped to a point where it was ridiculous. Like I would just see, I would have like seven or eight players picked and they weren't like players towards the top of the queue. So I was thinking maybe one might slip through the cracks, but you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm in the toughest league and I could be wrong because I didn't see all the leagues, but I have Eno Saris in mind. I have Scott White in mind. I have Richard, nice. Sa I have Richard Sands in mind. I have Tanner Bell in mind. Uh, it, it's a very stacked league and that's where I'm kind of like, that's, you know, these type of players aren't making it through. So no, no free rounds. No. So I, I was very upset with a lot of just runs that were had that I just, really thought I was going to get a guy. And then I kind of not panic picked, but like I had to go a direction I wasn't planning to. So that, that happened a lot towards, I'd say the, the last third of the draft. Um, and, and, but again, overall, I was, I was pretty happy with how it went. Just, I would have liked a little bit more depth in places that I didn't get. I got sniped not to, not to be smudge. Is that a word? I don't know. We'll just go with it. Be smear the good name of uh, Dr. Mendelssohn, but he drafted right behind me in the ninth slot. I drafted him in the eighth. And coming back, I was like, one of my favorite players this year is Andrew Vaughn. I think he's got the the skill, the pedigree, the stats. And now that he's full-time first base and he doesn't have to worry about looking like a fool out there in the outfield, now he just gets to concentrate on what he does best, which is hitting. I really like him a lot. Plus, he's going to be uh, first base eligible in NFBC drafts, first base and outfield. And I really like that. So I was it was like the ninth round, and here it comes. And there were still plenty of plenty of hitters on the board. And I'm going to I'm going to reach to get Andrew Vaughn just because 
this is a player that I believe in, and I like the White Sox in general this year too. And what does the doctor do? He snipes <laughs> me, like literally right before. And uh, I went through all the phases, you know, anger, of <laughs> uh, 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 bargaining, um, uh, you know, and then finally after all the steps, and I don't know what they were, frankly, I was so angry I couldn't remember what the steps were, but, <laughs> but. Um, I, then I like panic picked Giancarlo Stanton and I was like, Giancarlo Stanton. I was like, I don't want, of course, after I picked him, I got mad at myself. Too. I was like, I don't want Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> like, ah, oh, that stinks. But what that's, if I, you know, what if I told what I you that when you took Juan Soto at eight, Eric was livid in our group chat. <laughs> yes. He was livid. He said, yes. I'm going to, he's like, I want Juan Soto. If I don't get Juan Soto at eight, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and he well, was, he told us before it started, that's he funny. said, Brendan is going to take him at eight. I'm going to be really mad. Yep. That's exactly what happened. I'm so sorry, doc. I don't, well, do, well, please tell doc, you, he got me back. And then some to the point where I drafted <laughs> like a 39 year old outfielder who doesn't care <laughs> about uh, <laughs> playing hard. No, I'm just kidding. Stan's <laughs> a great player. But um, so th that was one thing in my TG FBI draft that I was, uh, uh, you know, that, that I distinctly remember being so upset about Andrew Vaughn. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, obviously you got Ronald Acuna, so that's uh, that's pure gold. But uh, I took one Swoto at eight just because, you know, I passed Mookie Betts, and I that, that was what I was trying to decide. And Kyle Tucker got picked seventh right before me. So I was just like, I want an outfielder that has power and steals base. But for some reason, and I have – 0, 0.0 to base this on. I think Juan Soto is going to have a good year because last year wasn't that great, but now he's got the you know the first full year in um, in San Diego. I just got a weird feeling, and it may absolutely amount to nothing. But I was like, yeah, I, I didn't have Juan Soto. I didn't draft Juan Soto anywhere else. I was like, I'll take him this year. But it's the added pleasure of knowing that that Doc uh, was a little myth that 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 makes that all the sweeter thank you so much it, for they also it, it's crazy enough uh i just at least i know on FanDuel he's the favorite for the national league mvp no yeah and you know vegas don't play yeah because it's, it's money you know i was shocked to see he's the number one in the national league that blows my mind but now that you've told me that i'm going to draft him in the first round of every <laughs> single because they have all the like i don't use draft wizard i don't use draft software draft software of any kind when I'm doing my draft um you know I, I I like I write down you know certain things and I try to keep up with it but I'm it's like that's why my batting average sucks in every single draft like I try to keep up with it but at the end of the day I'm just so focused on who my next player that I want to drop that I don't really think about the big picture but do you use anything in particular on in your drafts or what's what's your process no, I don't use anything like that. Um, what I the only thing I used was I looked at the NF or the, the TGFBI consensus ADP, like where it was. Uh, I, I'm, I wish I could remember the gentleman that was putting it together uh, off the look because he was doing us a real service by getting the ADPs. And I was looking at where guys were going just to have an idea if I had to try to reach for somebody or not. Because yeah. you know you have the the obviously the NFBC ADP, but people aren't going straight off of that. So if I saw a guy was getting picked on average two rounds earlier than his ADP was, I knew I had to go get them earlier. So that was kind of what I, the only thing I used in terms of 
any type of software or draft assistance. The rest was just the guys that I've been in on all year uh, or all off season. I've been just researching, studying up on guys that I like, just trying to get as many of them as possible. And then when I, if there wasn't a guy I specifically was super high on, I was looking at positions I needed and yeah. guys that I felt like filled that for me the best in the best case scenario. Who was your last pick? How many rounds I, is it? 30? Yeah, 30 rounds. It's a fab uh, league. We probably, I probably should have said that off the top. It's a five by five ro- old school roto, uh, 30 rounds, and everybody gets a set amount of fab mm-hmm. for the year. What uh, do you, your, your round 30 pick? I always love to hear the round 30 guys. I took Kyle Farmer of the Twins because he's third base and shortstop eligible, which fills yes. for me two needs in terms of just utility. He is somebody that I expect is going to get a lot of starts for the team this year. I think he's an underrated bat. I'm not saying he's going to win you a league, but I think he's one of those players you can plug in on a corner infield or in a pinch plug in at third base and he'll accumulate some stats for you. Maybe give you like 17 home runs, 60 RBIs, you know, like a a 250, 260 batting average. Uh, I just looked at just the fact that I could plug him in in multiple spots. And I do think, you know, between Carlos Correa, Jorge Polanco, Nick Gordon's uh, in a walking boot. Nick Gordon's in a walking boot. Like he's gonna that makes play. Me sad. He's yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's gonna play, and I, I think that actually he will hit at a higher spot in the order than people think he will. Uh, so I liked him as kind of just hey, if he's you know he's dashing for some depth at the, those two positions, and if he gets hurt or he doesn't play, it's thirtieth round picks. So I can just cut him. Yes, great points. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into some spring training notes. Of course, they're all kind of things to focus on. We could talk about Jordan Walker. We could talk about Jared Kilnick from the Seattle Mariners. Oh my gosh, everybody's back on Jared Kilnick. I'm so excited. But, uh, all right, but everybody knows about that. I kind of want to talk about some other stuff. I want to talk a little bit about some of the pitchers because everybody loves hitters. Um, because it's a lot more fun, frankly, to talk hitters. But uh, we've talked about it. But I wanted to get your take on some pitchers because obviously that's part of the deal too. It's a pitching, you know, five by five. It's equal. I, but uh, here's some. Here's a guy I had my eye on. All right, I've never been a Noah Syndergaard guy. How about you? I have not either. I haven't either. It, I don't know why. It just. Uh, I'm, I don't know, but I was watching his his first spring training start. And so, you know, Thor, right? Literally the god of lightning or whatever they I don't watch the super the superhero movie. I don't know what's what what the deal is, but but so they call it so Thor, but he's sitting 93. But I don't think that's a big deal in your first spring training game. Uh he looked good. He uh he made a couple like infield like bleeders that he he ran and he got and he threw to first he looks like he looks mm-hmm. juiced up which it's spring training and he's a veteran he's 30 years old there's absolutely no reason to get excited about a spring training game but he threw three clean innings uh two k's and uh and now disclaimer it was against the padres not a team not b team maybe not even their c team like the the only kind of starter well real starter was uh fernando tatis and he, he looked like he couldn't have cared less <laughs> about, about anything to do with, with that spring training game. But uh, his ADP is 313, and we know he's talented. This is Noah Syndergaard. We know he's talented. We know he mm-hmm. plays for the Dodgers. 
and the Dodgers made Tyler Anderson a whole lot of money uh, as a free agent in this offseason. So I don't know. What do you think? Is Am I crazy about uh, uh, Noah Syndergaard with the Dodgers? I know there's a lot of optimism because he went to driveline, which is like the new buzzword driveline. So like he went there, supposed to add Velo, also playing for the Dodgers who seem to take pitchers like him and fix them. So you kind of have two big cases for why Syndergaard might be worth the gamble. Keep in mind, though, this is somebody that's every single year uh, consistently getting hurt. And the Velo still hasn't taken the jump yet. And maybe there it's coming. I mean, he was sitting 94 on his fastball last year. And it's still 93 right now. That's where I'm still like, is the driveline was supposed to get him up to like 95, 96 maybe? Um, That still hasn't showed yet. Um, Is he worth the gamble? For sure. I don't have any of him right now. And that's only because right now, NFBC ADP over the last two weeks, he's going around pick 277. And there's pitchers that go right after him that I draft a lot more of, and that's Zach Eflin and Sean Mania. So, um, again, if I'm looking for a pitcher in those spots, those are two guys I personally have more faith in this year. So I I have zero Sean Mania in any of the leagues I've done. Or I'm sorry, uh, zero Noah Syndergaard in any of the leagues I've done. And, um, again, maybe that bites me, but... I haven't seen anything from him early on to make me feel like I have to go get him. Yeah, those are great points. I think where my, where my bias lies is in the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like having a pitcher in Cleveland. Like, there's a reason why Aaron Savali is, you know, rocketing up the draft sheets and mm-hmm. a lot of metrics and things like that. But it's also just – it's because, you know, Cleveland knows what they're doing with pitchers. And, and we, you know, we know the Mets don't, right. And that's where Syndergaard was. So, mm-hmm. and no offense to my, to my Mets fan. I mean, they've got Verlander and Scherzer now, you know, so they don't need to develop anything. They could just go out and get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's already been developed. So good for, good for the Mets. But uh, the other uh, pitcher I wanted to talk about, cause uh, Ooh, wait a minute. I forgot to tell you um, when I was watching the Noah Syndergaard start in a spring training, but Gavin Stone, for the uh, for the Dodgers came in in the eighth and yeah it's the eighth inning and yeah Fernando Tatis was already you know out on his motorcycle doing stunts out in the parking <laughs> lot when during the eighth but Gavin Stone came in and struck out two or three no hits man he looks good I love a late round flyer on Gavin Stone of the Dodgers late in a draft especially a draft and hold because. Noah Syndergaarding, you know, even if he's the fourth starter, he ain't. Chances are he's not making all the starts. So, do you have do you have any uh, thoughts on uh, Gavin Stone for the Dodgers? Gavin Stone's a, a nice piece for them. Uh, I don't know if he'll start the year with the team. That's something I guess we'll, we'll find out as we continue on through spring training. Here, I've been big on Bobby Miller, who is another prospect for them. Yeah, and I, I he's my favorite of the group. I've heard again, people are Gavin Stone, people other Bobby Miller. I think Bobby Miller's velocity is going to play up really well. I think he can touch upwards of around 100 miles per hour. Um, I think he does have to work on his control a little bit. But, uh, I mean, those guys are all worth taking a gamble, right? Like, whether it's Gavin Stone, whether it's Bobby Miller, uh, any of these that Ryan Pepio, I know, has kind of lost some helium recently. But uh, just looking at their ADP, see Gavin Stone right now is going at 659, and Bobby Miller – is going at 641. 
So you're literally getting them all in the mid 600s. They're free picks. So like, I don't have a problem if you want to take a dart throw on either one of these guys, honestly. Heck no, it's the Dodgers and their talented pitchers. And, mm -hmm. you know, Kershaw's not going to do all his starts. So those are the guys that are going to get called up for the Dodgers if something happens and they look good. Another guy who's been looking really good this spring, and I'm not vouching for his character in any sense, way, shape, or form, but Domingo Herman for the New York Yankees has had two strong starts, five innings, uh, minuscule ERA, even smaller whip, seven Ks. And here's the, th and that's, you know, all great, but here's the thing. So I was watching the game and his, and I know that the, the velo uh, guns are a little bit different, but his velo was up a tick from where it was last year. And so, you know, all, you know, all, all speculation aside, but the point, the, the thing I thought was interesting is that the, the people interviewed um, the manager of uh, Boone during uh, Armand's start or you know, spring training start. And he's, he, the first thing he said was that fastball's faster. It's, it's, a, it's an uptick and he's looking really good. That came from the manager. And of course the manager's job is to keep everybody positive and going on. But I think Domingo Armand for the Yankees is the clear favorite for Frankie Montes's spot. And you can get Domingo uh, his ADP is like round 23 in a 15, uh, 15 uh, uh, DC, a uh, 50 round DC. So round 23 for a starting pitcher for the Yankees. I kind of like that. Plus, he's got a history of success. Like he's not he's not out of the blue. He's played well for the Yankees. He's had good runs in the past. So what do you think about uh, Domingo Orman or my other favorite Yankees pitcher, Clark Smith. Well, with Domingo Herman, again, draft price matters, right? Because there's a certain point where you're like, okay, this is worth the gamble. And Domingo Herman's going 439. So he's definitely not costing to the point where there's a, a problem if he doesn't perform. Uh, I don't have any of Domingo Herman. I'm still... I'm very skeptical of Domingo Herman and the fastball, maybe it adding some ticks to it will help. Uh, but his fastball was not good. The last time he pitched uh, in 2022 at a 319 batting average against 279 expected batting average against a 569 slug. Uh, and it was just not good. That ain't and, good. And just looking also just over the, his career, uh, his K per nine has gone down every single season, 11.3 when he debuted in 2017, down to just over seven uh, in 2022. He has pitched, he's only pitched over 100 innings once uh, in 2019. So you have a guy that doesn't have a, a ton of innings built up. His K per nine has dropped every single season in the, over the last five years. Home runs per nine has been consistently one and a half to almost two over the last four seasons. There's, a lot of red flags for me. I think the biggest benefit being he plays for the Yankees and he could do what he did in 2019 where he had 18 wins and, you know, a 403 ERA. I think that's like the best case scenario for him because all his ERA estimators are all in the fours when he had a, a 3.6 ERA last year. So that's, that's the, if you're chasing wins, I think it's not bad to go to get him. Um, I'm just, very skeptical that his ratios are going to hold up and he doesn't give you a ton of strikeouts, at least what we've seen so far. 
But again, the, the velo is something definitely to keep an eye on because that's how you can identify if pitchers are breaking out. So I can't say I won't have any of him at all, but I definitely don't have any of him yet, and I haven't had the inclination to get him. Um, as far as Clark Schmidt, he's I think he'd be the one I prefer. Uh, just I've always liked Clark Schmidt's stuff a little bit more, and maybe they prefer him to to go shorter of a guy that will go you know six or seven innings consistently but i do like his stuff a little bit more and the fact that i i'm pretty sure he's younger yeah he's 27 and um domingo herman is 30 you know a 312 era last year only three games started but a, a almost a k per nine i think i'd rather take the gamble on him and in terms of his adp he's going let's see he is going 481 over the last couple of weeks on the NFBC. So he's also going a little bit later, not too much later, only about 50 picks. But um, I think between the two, I, I would want to take the shot on Clark Schmidt. You have destroyed my <laughs> Domingo Erman excitement. Literally annihilation. I can't it's spell it. It's going to be wrong. Man, you're going to be right. But I know it when I see it and you did it and that's great because i am not under the impression that i am correct in many instances destroyed much like i haven't been destroyed this bad hold on let me think i've so dude, i'm on, plenty I, wrong i've been plenty wrong before trust me i'm sure domingo herman's gonna win the cy young and i'll let me look tell like you an absolute idiot when i was in college at the university of tennessee granted this was like 1997 mind you i don't even know if you, you may have not been bored by that i'm not understand her but 1997, I was in class with a girl named Shelly. I will not mention her last name, but I really wanted to ask her out on a date, right? So after class, uh, I was going to a band party. And uh, so the band was called Leftover Salmon. And being 18, and let's just say this, not very bright or wise, I thought the salmon was spelled, was pronounced Salmon. I did not know the L was silent. So I went up to her, you know, it took all the courage uh, of not paying attention to whatever the class was about. So I went up to her after class. So I said, oh, hey, Shelly, uh, you know, would you like to go to this, <laughs> this band party? Uh, the, the band's really great. It's called Leftover Salmon. And she looked at me and goes, you mean salmon? And walked off. And that was <laughs> the last oh, time uh that i've been destroyed in an <laughs> argument before but i'm glad you did because uh i'm i may or may not have uh, uh had my heart set on drafting demon uh <laughs> or gut, or mine, I I've, I've been wrong plenty of times before you should go with your gut because then if you're wrong you're like you know what at least i went with what i thought and that's what i do with like my stuff too because i can have nick pollock or i can have justin mason or i can have you know, anybody that's smarter than me uh, come at me about my thoughts about a player. And I say, look, I disagree because X, Y, and Z. And sometimes I'm right and they'll give me credit. And other times I'm wrong and I'll be like, you guys called it. And that's, that's the beauty of this, right? Like we don't know. We can just go off what we are, the narratives and what we think. And at the end of the day, like you being in on Domingo Herman, if, if you have a lot of him and he goes off, you're going to benefit greatly. And I'm going to wish I listened to you. So that's the fun of it. I'm not on Domingo Salmon anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being I'm melodramatic, obviously. I'm just kidding. You know, I, I leave or take uh, Domingo Salmon. But here's a player that I really do like, Griffin Canning. 
you remember him from a couple yeah. of years ago, man, he had the, the prospect uh, uh, people going crazy. His name's his first name's Griffin, you know, like, Hey, Harry Potter, Gryffindor, <laughs> let's do this. And uh, he's back in the starting rotation after 20 months uh, off injury. He has battled. This is just one of the things I love about baseball. Like it's so freaking hard. It's so hard to come back from an injury when, you know, through high school, middle school, everything, like mm -hmm. you've been built up, like this is your life dream. And then you have a, a devastating injury and yet you fight back. And here he is still a young man, 20 years, excuse me, 20 months off an injury. He, but this off season, uh, he was cleared by the, the angels. This is uh, uh, Los Angeles angels, uh, Griffin County cleared for full participation, zero restrictions. And of course it's uh, in his first start, he looked great, clean inning uh, strikeouts were there. And if the angels do a six man rotation, you know, I guarantee you he's this guy, you can draft Griffin Canning in the 50th round of a, mm -hmm. of a draft champions league, but, uh, and you might get a sixth, uh, the starter for uh, uh, the angels. What do you think about Griffin Canning? I'll be completely honest with you. I actually haven't even had looked at Griffin Canning too much. Uh, I, reading up just in oh, his spring starts. He is fastballs. so off the radar. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. really is. Um, I mean, you might be in on him to before we see him go out there, throw six innings, three earned runs, and seven strikeouts, and then he's one of the waiver wire pickups early on. Uh, obviously, like last time he pitched 20 months ago, so it's definitely something to keep an eye on just you know as he makes a few more spring starts here he, he's, his odds of being yeah. successful are worse than your odds of um <laughs> getting a dollar lucky seven scratch off you know and hitting anything worth a darn that i mean the odds aren't good but you know it's just <laughs> one of those things like it's a player that has is not on anybody's uh draft sheet because he's so far removed from when he was a hot topic, but now he's back. Mm. So if you're going to get him, the time is now before he has a couple good spring training starts. And then, you know, opening day, they announce he's yeah. on the, the sixth rotation, but obviously that's only for deep leagues. I mean, you don't want him for a 12 team redraft league or, or anything like that, but um, keeping it going with the pitchers. Right. Uh, 50 round draft and hold, he's a solid target. Oh, oh, heck yeah. I mean, at the end of a draft and hold league, you're just looking for somebody that might have an avenue to playing time because everything mm -hmm. else has been picked over. Yeah. So um, uh, I was going to talk to you about Jose Quintana because this is really interesting. Uh, and unfortunately, Jose has a stress fracture in his ribs. That sounds painful. I, I, I wish him the best. But they, the Mets have a lot of good pitchers. So you know how earlier you were talking about you know, you're either on the Gavin Stone or the Bobby Miller train. And and then those those teen those teenage girls were either on that werewolf guy or that vampire guy. I can't remember what all that was about. I think it had something to do with uh, Twilight, Twilight, yeah. Twilight sure. Moons or something. Oh, so which camp are you in? Are you in the David Peterson or uh, uh, Tyler McGill camp? I feel like if we're comparing it to Twilight, it's like David Peterson is the vampire who is like the safe guy. And then Tyler McGill is the wolf who was kind of like the, 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 bad the dangerous. Kinda, yeah. Like the, the vampire is not dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they uh, pick your poison. 
David Peterson, I, I think, is underrated. Uh, you know, I had a few bad starts too. here and there, but he is, I think, very solid. Uh, Tyler, it's like David Peterson's here, and I think he's like that train that just like kind of chugs along the track, a bump here and there. But like, and then Tyler McGill could be this. Like Tyler McGill could could reach the, the you know we saw he was arguably one of the maybe the best pitcher in fantasy baseball over his first few starts. He looked like he was a complete breakout. Uh, everybody when he was starting, you were going to a TV to watch. And we we didn't get to really see what that would have finished out as because he got hurt and he didn't look like he was the same pitcher coming back from injury when he did return. Now, do the Mets see that and say, hey, maybe he's better in like a, a three or four inning stint just because we were worried about him getting hurt and he's a, a more of a you know a, a long relief type of guy? And then David Peterson is going to be the emergency starter. That's that's where my head it goes to, and just the fact that David Peterson's been doing that longer. So I think at the end of the day. If you're looking for a floor pick, you take David Peterson. If you're looking for, hey, if they let Tyler McGill go and they let him pitch six innings and he, there's a chance he could get even 75% close to what he was last year, that's worth the pick. So I, I think it's you have to decide how much risk you want to take there. Uh, personally, I think if I'm like in a, a DC 50, I'll probably take Peterson. If I'm like in a 12-team league and – I get to that point in the draft and I'm chasing guys that could be difference makers. I probably would chase Tyler McGill. Go for that crazy McGill upside. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I love David Peterson. I love McGill's great too. Mm -hmm. Peterson, uh, university of Oregon. He's got the stuff. Uh, he made starts last year. People, I think a lot of fantasy baseball people saw he had a really, really bad start to end his season. Um, or a couple bad starts, and that kind of negated all the 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 great uh, innings that he had done before that. But uh, man, you want somebody on that Mets starting rotation because the team is good and they're going to contend. And um, I really like the Mets a lot this year. But uh, let's uh, move into our main topic, which I'm very excited to talk about because I love it when when uh, you talk to people about who they actually drafted, because, you know, we can all talk about theoretically and philosophically, mm -hmm. but when push comes to shove, blue on black, you're in the confessional talking to the priest. I, I don't know if you're Catholic. I'm not, but I, I assume if you're in the confessional, you're just going to, you're just going to confess. And I want the D Mindy treat me like the priest. I have no business being a priest, but it treat me like the priest. And I want the confessions of who are your most drafted players looking back. And I know you did a uh, draft champions league in Arizona, because mm -hmm. at one point I came in into y'all's drafting area, uh, stumbling around looking for something like a, like a lunatic and uh, just kind of walked around and I, I was looking for some water or something and bumped into three things. It was like a SNL episode immediately while y'all are drafting. Right. And I'm just, I, I, I don't know what happened, but anyway, <laughs> that's another story for another day, but who are the, your players that you are drafting so that I can steal them away. <laughs> so we do, uh, you know, like every podcast has like, this is uh, my guys episode. So we, we created the MySpace top eight episode. That's like our top eight guys. That's what we always coin it. And I've been doing um, every day over the last couple of days, I'm doing a position by position of my eight favorite players at each position I'm drafting. And overall, 
uh, I've had consistently pretty much the same guy since December, give or take a guy like, um, you know, Jose Abreu was one of them, but he became so popular that pretty much his ADP kept shooting up to where I had to drop him off. Uh, same with, uh, um, there was another player in there too, that I just can't think of the top of my head who was also in there. Uh, but consistently the players I've been trying to get in every single draft, uh, the pitchers, being it changes you're right like yeah. who you could get in november where you got him is different mm -hmm. obviously than who you get you can get that same player in march you know yeah like jose abreu was going like pick 111 uh, when i first was putting out my favorite players and now he's going in, in like the low 80s and so it's a very big difference to where like hey he's not like he's not going behind vinnie pasquantino anymore he's not going behind i think he was going behind like nate low another point too like I was like, he's, he's risen to the point where he's not a value anymore. And I'm not like, I, I want him, but like, I'm, he's not like, Hey, I'm going to get him in every league because he falls. Um, so that's where it's like, you kind of have to move around a little bit. Uh, the players I've been trying to draft everywhere. Nick Lodolo is my number one favorite breakout player this year. And awesome. uh, I I'm trying to get him, even if I set the min pick on him in the, in TGFBI, uh, I don't know if, you know, I think that was like the third or fourth draft to get there. So I, I don't know if there was a min pick after that, but I said the min pick on him there. And then I'm also big on George Kirby. I'm also big on uh, Sean Mania. Sean Mania, I think, is the one of the few ones I, I I have that I don't think everybody was in on until they saw his velocity go up. And now he's kind of getting some buzz because I was in on him a month ago or like a month and a half ago. And then the other pitcher that I've been trying to draft a lot is Tristan McKenzie. Those have been the four pitchers that I've actively been trying to get in as many drafts as possible. Uh, on the hitting side, Corey Seager, again, not necessarily a sleeper name, but he's somebody that could win the American League MVP. It wouldn't surprise me. Jose Miranda, I think, is in for a big year for the Twins. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez is my favorite outfielder that you can get just inside the top 200, and people are sleeping on him. And then that fourth hitter's kind of rotated around. I like Miguel Vargas. He was another player that was like very cheap. And now Miguel Vargas has shot up. So now I, I have to pretty much pick a different hitter there. Uh, but uh, those are pretty much been the consistent group that I've been actively like, okay, like how much do I have to jump to go get these guys? Yeah, those are great names. And I'm with you on Tristan McKenzie. Why is he so not, not underrated? Look at his numbers last year, mm -hmm. and I know that uh, some luck played into that, but that also goes back to the whole Cleveland knows what they're doing. Hell, they made Trevor Bauer look good, but it's like uh, his numbers are staggering. They're excellent, mm -hmm. and he's also looked good this spring. So I'm all aboard on on Tristan McKenzie. Um, so I looked through through my draft, uh, uh, many drafts, and. Uh, I would say 95% of them are draft and hold, some draft champions, mm -hmm. uh, some 50s, which are 12-team leagues, <clears throat> excuse me, granted, but they're 50 rounds. And I like doing those to, <clears throat> excuse me, get the uh, draft pool, you know, in my brain. But my number one um, player that I picked in the vast majority of leagues that I've been drafting through since um, like Thanksgiving and even uh, Arizona Fall League is MJ Melendez. And the reason why I have, I've got Melendez on the brain is because when I was doing 
the YouTube show for your your site, uh, Triple Play Fantasy, every day I would, you know, I would I look at all 30 teams lineups and, you know, obviously with with some are off, but whatever I would I would look at all the lineup sheets every single day and I would see MJ Melendez, number one, for hitting for the mm-hmm. Kansas City Royals. And I just think he's so talented and they're going to move him around. They're going to DH him because he's such a superstar athlete. And of course, the whole point being that he's got catcher eligibility, which is the whole point. Mm-hmm. Right. So if he's he's not going to catch every day, Salvador Perez, who may even be the primary catcher, is going to be there. So they're using MJ Melendez like a, a utility guy that, except he's not utility, he's one of their best hitters and he's going to bat first, which just, you know, screams counting stats. And uh, he's for the Kansas City Royals. I really liked him. So I focused on him. Another guy was Juan Yepes. I don't know why. I don't know why. But it's just something that happened when I watched Juan Yepes play. He's just so powerful, and I think he's going to DH. I think that uh, uh, you know Albert Pujols. I think I watched the game, and I, I that you know they pan to the dugout because of course all eyes are on Albert Pujols, right? Especially when he was going for his you know career home runs, and and I saw him and Juan Yepes talking, and I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, Juan Yepes, listen to that man. And um, and I, there's so much crap. The, the Cardinals have so much talent, but I love Juan Yepes. So he was my number two drafted player. And Sugar, like I don't even know it. You know, I, I'm hoping he's their everyday DH, but uh, you know we'll see. But my third player, and this was kind of kind of weird, is a reliever, Paul Seawald mm-hmm. for the Mariners, because it's just he he falls in every draft. Because I think Doug Dennis, who is a reliever, closer, save guru, like the man is the, you know, he, he if, if, you know, if he says this closer is, is the guy to get, everybody listens because he's, you know, 99% right. But mm-hmm. uh, Doug, Doug Dennis at base, Baseball uh, uh, HQ, but, you know, like and other people have been on Andre Munoz and, you know, Paul Sewell keeps dropping, but I think. Paul Sewell is a closer and he had like some off season procedure to clean something up, but he's, I think Paul Sewell is the closer. Munoz is going to be the closer at some point, but I don't think it's going to be this year. While while Sewell's still got some, some good innings left in him. So he was my third and my fourth. <laughs> I hate to admit this, but we're among friends here, uh, David. So I'm just going to tell you, it was Alberto Mondesi. <clears throat> Moving on. Uh, so the fifth, uh, my favorite, <laughs> my most consistent drafted, uh, drafted players, uh, Patrick Sandoval. And so he's a, a, a lefty um, starting pitcher from the Los Angeles Angels. And I got a weird thing about the Angels this year, like, like really weird. Like I may need to talk to a professional about it. I just think the Angels are going to be, so much better than expectations. I love Otani in a contract year. I love Mike Trout, who's recovered from his back issues. I love Taylor Ward leading off. His stat cast data is nuts, Taylor mm-hmm. Ward. I think Rendon's going to have a good year. This would be his first uh, with, the, with the Angels, but I think it's going to happen. Um, and I love their pitching staff, um, of course, with Otani doing that too. So uh, Patrick Sandoval was my favorite. Fifth. And that kind of wraps us up a little bit, David. Um, 
Is there uh, any other player that you had on your list that I missed? I mean, there's some like deeper targets like Oscar Colas. I like oh, I yes. like South South Freelich, I think is is going to be very useful this year. I like Kyle Muller in the Oakland A's rotation. I think he's going to be a nice DC 50 guy that will pitch a lot for them this year. Maybe give you like a, a mid to high three ZRA and be a very solid uh, pickup for you there. Does uh, guys like that just there's always depth. And there's always guys out there. Just make sure, you know, I know like we talk about, I mean, obviously not all of them, like Griffin Canning's very deep down there. Domingo Herman's deeper down there, but like there are guys later on to make sure you look at, to try to get as much of as possible, because if those later guys hit, uh, that's going to be such a boom for your team. So just try to keep an eye on those later round players that are getting a bunch of plate appearances, which Britain's three is the magic number. He is great at finding guys like that, that shoot up the lineup and um, just keep an eye on that type of stuff because it's definitely very useful. His name is David Mendelson. Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Podcast is awesome. Please check it out. You probably already do, but if you don't, please do. Follow him on Twitter at dmendy02 to get all the information because it's not just fantasy baseball. It's all other kinds. It's different sports. It's also... Uh, the Fantasy Baseball Beat, which was nominated for a award. You can go and follow him and get all kinds of good information. David, I don't know what to say, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Brendan. This is a blast uh, talking with you. And I look forward to doing it a bunch this baseball season on triple play stuff, just through just any baseball conversation, man. You're the best. And thank you so much for having me. All right. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.